0: Freedom, free, free, freedom over fame, free, free, freedom over f- 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 cycle stays the same.
1: Hi, you're listening to Project Mankind Podcast. We are your host, Thomas.
0: And I'm Jim. We're just a couple of guys who love Jesus, who are passionate in helping people find their purpose, and helping them to align their purpose with the
1: kingdom principles that Christ has laid down. As men, we often find ourselves struggling with the stresses of life, money, sex, relationship issues, past hurts, preventing us from becoming leaders God created us to be.
0: We give practical advice in these areas through discipleship, as Jesus commanded in Matthew 28,
1: and by sharing our own personal stories and testimonies. We invite you to join us in our conversations as we challenge ourselves to find higher ways to deal with our struggles and the courage to implement them.
0: It's time to claim your freedoms and use the authority God has given us and learn to lead like a lion and reign like our king.
1: All right guys, welcome back. Welcome back to segment 2 of Project Mankind and again we just got we just got off the topic with talking to Dr. Jim Slaughter in regards to his book and in regards to the experiences they had in 2022 and what an amazing thing that God has done for him, his wife and his family. And so I'm glad that everybody joined us back, you know, for this next segment of of our podcast. And again, we want to remind everybody that, you know, you guys too can share your topics and your experiences with us, you know, email us, hit us up on Instagram, you know, ask at projectmankind at gmail.com or at project underscore mankind on Instagram. Um, you know, we're here for you. We're here to be open to thoughts, you know, share your prayer, share your testimony with us. And in our last segment, we talked about the lady that was unsheltered who got baptized and how the move of God through other people had touched her life. And I thought that was a very powerful thing because it wasn't something that was planned. It was just out of the blue. And, uh, and, but it impacted her and the whole family. And I think I was just telling you that in regards to her family, you know, before they were just trying to make it for the day, you know, they're just trying to find a place for the day and maybe what to eat for the day. And now speaking to them after that experience, you know, I speak to them often. Um, she texts me all the time and I text her and just building a relationship with her. And I told her that, you know, we're now forever family because she has oh. decided to now walk in with God and you know she's now my sister in Christ and there's nothing right. there's nothing we can do about that you know that that is that is now part of the family of the yes. kingdom so when we talk she now has a different outlook in life you know she talks about how she's now going into a nursing program at school she also told me by the way that because of what we discuss, and, uh, and and it's something that was powerful, is she mentioned that she, over the holiday, over Christmas, she went back to Mississippi. Uh, I believe she has her family there. She said that she went back there because she felt that, you know, she wanted to reconcile with her daughter. And, um, you know, because I guess with her, I didn't go by her previous background and I didn't want to know about her family history. I didn't want to get too personal with her. But the way it sounded like is that there were some relationship there that got broken. And so the daughter was living mostly with her grandmother, with her mom and that their relationship got broken. Her daughter is 20 years old and so is a little bit older than the other two boys. She has two other boys. I think they were 15 and 17. And so the two boys went with her when she went to Texas, and then the daughter has been living with uh, with the mother, so all her life, most of her life. Now the daughter has her own family and lives by herself. But during Christmas, she said that she, just by praying to God, you know, asking God to reconcile her family, she went to Mississippi. She took that opportunity to go to Mississippi to talk to her daughter, and they actually reunited there. They reconciled. And okay. Her, yeah. Wonderful. It's yeah. amazing. And her daughter said, Mom, you know, I forgive you. I never really blamed you for, for leaving me, you know, so right. it was, it was amazing. So she came back with a renewed mindset and she felt so happy that everything now is making sense to her, you know, and, and the yeah. son is, yeah. is, uh, is, is going to enlist in the Navy. He was one that we prayed over. We prayed over his life and I can see, you know, I, I prophesied over him and because I can see the move of God in his life. I can see it in his face. He wants to be the protector. He wants to be the provider for the family. He's the oldest son. And he felt the responsibility to be that, you know, I guess they didn't have a relationship with their father. Um, He, you know, she's not married to him, but I can see that. So we prayed over me and Dominic, we prayed over him and we, you know, we just asked the Lord to move in his life. And so now he's talking about enlisting in the Navy and then going to school to go to business school and get his MBA. Amazing, right? I mean, well,
0: yeah. And it just occurs to me uh, as you're sharing all this, that you know God has invaded, energized and changed a family yes. in the whole uh, in light of the provision uh, the part that you guys played in providing the household goods for that one woman you know who was in need and and the salvation or at least the the energizing of the holy spirit through the baptismal experience all that yes. and then her sharing and her whole family rallying to her you know
1: yes absolutely, was
0: really just the most amazing thing how god it wasn't just her it was other people around her that were affected by that. So
1: absolutely. And that's, that's the, through the action and decision of one person.
0: Yes. Yes. Right? Yeah, it yeah. is. God yeah. just has, he has designs in mind and he affects one person, but then his power goes out from that, you know, into the lives of others.
1: So. Yes. And it's amazing. It happens all the time. The decisions that we make can impact an entire nation. Absolutely. So in this case, it impact her whole entire family. Now, you know, with, with that, mindset it just this is what makes us very thankful and grateful for the things that happen in our lives because god always opens up those opportunities for us to do things for others and also it opens other people for the opportunity to do it for you right just like the way god supplied everything that you ever needed last year during your COVID time you and Anne, even though she never got COVID, i know that she also felt sick as well you know but she never yes, got she the full bone co- covid right. that's right you're right and, and and i remember that you know the community rallied around you and and everyone provided whatever you guys needed yeah. and and it's so amazing how you know elijah when when he was he was there in a brook and then the sparrow would come and drop off food i mean you've never heard of that before you know right but in this case yeah. we are we are that bird we are the sparrow that god has sent to people so that we can do things for other people. And so I think that was very powerful and impactful when you mentioned that, you know, and really not, I'm not trying to take credit for anything, but I'm just thankful that, that God had given us what you needed at that moment, at that time. And we both looked at each other, my wife and I, and says, let's give them some of this one because we don't know when those prescription is going to come. And so and they need help today, right? It's just one of those things that we you know we obey we obey immediately for the good of other people and, uh, and it's also because this is how God takes care of his children. You know, he t- he takes care of us through each other.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and you know, what a great experience that is when when we sense that that's what's happening, Thomas, you know, that and it endears us on both ends. The person who receives The gift provision from a brother in Christ, a sister in Christ, that person is endeared to the one who gives it and the person who gives it is endeared to the one who receives it, you know. And so there's a uh, there's a connection that is uh, strengthened and in some cases established, but strengthened uh, when that happens. And so. I, it just occurs to me as you say this i you know I just want to be aware of opportunity that God gives me to reach out and and be generous with people and to offer a word of encouragement to uh offer the gospel you know even to people as God presents opportunity and so I want to be aware of that in my own life every day as I walk through my steps, you know
1: amen, that's right um speaking of that, you know just to to talk about some experiences that I, I had last year. And then, you mm-hmm. know, you, you had a very great journal of even starting in January. You know, ours from my from my standpoint, ours didn't start until mid-year last year. You know, talking into going back and recalling what happened to my family and in, in, in my life last year, my wife's whole year basically because she's always involved in part of everything that happens to me. So, you know, we're, we're one. So whatever happens to me impacts her and whatever happens to her impacts me. But our year uh, started off pretty slow with nothing really outside of just doing, like you said, you know, going by your house and dropping things off, you know, mm-hmm. taking care of those who needs taking care of. That's right. that's something that just we we normally do. But um, last year we, we had planned for a family trip out in Greece and this was supposed to be in September. But we had planned this the whole year. We knew about this coming in the, the beginning of the year we had talked about going into uh you know going on vacation going to greece it started out to be just my wife and i you know just we, we love going on vacations alone we like to you know actually this weekend is our 30th anniversary and we're going to celebrate that just by going out of town going away and celebrating each other so i, I enjoy celebrating time with my wife and so this time we were just like hey let's let's go somewhere. Where do you want to go? And I said, this is on my bucket list. Let's go to Greece. You know, I want to go and go to the place where Paul and the disciples walked. And, and, you know, I want to visit Macedonia. I want to visit Ephesus. I want to visit Galatia. I want to visit all these places. And she's like, okay, let's plan it. So we had planned this trip. and, And then somehow in the middle of the year, it changed. We had, I guess we figured out when we were going to leave. And then it's like, you know what? We're leaving close to my daughter's birthday which was in September. Well, my son-in-law and my daughter are just a week apart as far as their birthdays are concerned. So out of that, we said, why don't we, as a birthday to both of you, we'll take you to Greece with us and let's make it a family trip. Because as as you know, my daughter is also expecting our first oh, grandchild. Yes. Yes. Yep. And he can come anytime, and he can come anytime. And so we said, before you have your baby, why don't we all go out on a family trip? You know, because after that is going to be a couple of years before you can get out of the house. So we said, okay, you know, let's do that. So we changed the date and we moved it towards a week before their birthday so we could intentionally celebrate birthday in Greece. And we were going to celebrate both of the birthdays in Greece. And that was around September 18th. And it was supposed to be a two weeks vacation. We were going to come back on the 28th, you know, so it was a good long vacation that we had planned during That time, you know, we had uh, we had to take care of all the paperwork, plan the trip, plan the excursions that we're going to go to, plan the hotel, make sure all our documents are correct. You know, and I've traveled before, traveled many, 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 many times. This is not my first rodeo. Traveled in different countries, you know, so I know the documentation that's required. And so we had everything taken care of, and we got the passports, bought the tickets. It's already reserved. We had, you know, purchased our, you know, rental car. We have um, the hotels that we're staying in. And we're also thought about um, hopping some islands. So we were going to end up going to different islands in Greece. You know, we we're going to start off in Athens and then we we're going to go to another island and then maybe go to another island. So that's the thought of that whole thing, you know, visit as much museums as possible. But then we're getting ready close to the trip date. We were, We were like, okay, is there anything else that we need? And we're like, Nope. Everything is good. Everything is approved. Everything is checked. All we have to do now is board. So September came around, right? This is like a week before our trip. We see on the news of all these different flights that are being canceled. And so we were worried about the cancellation part. And so we do have an insurance on the trip. So in case something like that happened, we can just get our money back somehow, or at least majority of the money. But, you know, but we still wanted to go because I have, you know, tell my coworkers that I'm going to be leaving. Someone has to take over my spot while I'm gone and do all the responsibilities that I have at work. So this was a very planned trip. But during that time, I had this notion that before the age of 50, I was going to go and do all the necessary things that I need to do, check, check, you know, uh, have my my physical check, you know, medical check, everything like that. So I said, I need to take care of all this before I go to Greece because I want to make sure that I have all of these appointments out of the way because by the time we get back, Um, you know, Thanksgiving is going to roll around the corner and then Christmas is going to come around. So I wanted to make sure that I have taken care of all of this. So I had planned to go to all my doctor's appointments and go to all my necessary things I need to do. Dentist appointment, doctor's appointment. And one of the appointments that I had was to have a cardiology check. Um, So I I had to inquire for a cardiologist, which was the hard part because a lot of these specialists are hard to get into without a recommendation from your doctor. And, And I'm not one to go to the doctor often so i don't have necessarily a general doctor that takes care of me i have you know other specialists that takes care of me but doctor wise i don't have that so one of the, my my good friends is a surgeon and he said i know a cardiologist and i can get you into a cardiologist if you just want a general checkup i said yes please can you do that for me i'm going to i'm going to greece In September so sometime before that would be great I just want to go see him you know I just want to see what you know what he needs to tell me etc because there's a family history in my family about uh, you know heart attacks but as far as people are concerned, they don't see me as a as a high risk because you know I am very healthy. I've been in the health and nutrition for the last eighteen years. You know I'm a I'm a nutritionist, a trainer. I'm a very active person. I don't just sit around. You know I take care of what I eat. You know so there's a lot of things that, that leads to that. But I still want to make sure that I have everything checked out. You know so I have my hormones checked on a yearly basis. I have my blood work done on a yearly basis. And this is one of those that I said I need to get this checked. You know I want to have the peace of mind. Knowing that everything is checked from top of top of my head to the bottom of my feet, make sure that everything is is there. So I got into an appointment. And this was around September 14th uh, is where my appointment was. We weren't meant to leave until September 18th. And so I got out of all the other stuff and this was my last appointment. And so I went into the cardiology office on September 14th. I was able to get in there a week before our trip. And so when we first got there, I said, Lord God, I said, you know, reveal things or heal things that is not right. And I just want to say prior to this, there's been this feeling inside of me that I felt and I was strongly, you know, I'm very aware of my body. I said, I Felt like something is not a hundred percent. I was getting tired more often. I would, you know, uh, fatigue a little bit more than normal. And like I said, I'm I'm very active. I work out six days a week. You know, I do a lot of things. I do a lot of lifting. I do a lot of running. I do a lot of different things. But. Something wasn't right with me and I can I can sense it. So I told my wife, I said, maybe it's just my diet. Maybe I need to refine my diet. So I switched a couple of things here and there, but it wasn't going away. It was something that just bothers me every time when I start my workout. And it was almost like a feeling of indigestion right around my chest area. So, and then it would go away. And then I can just move on, do my whole thing and just be fine. But then I I feel tired because of that two, three minute of almost like restlessness or just lack of. So I said, you know, maybe the doctor can tell me what's wrong with me. I don't know right? I wasn't sure. But anyways, I went into the doctor's visit. I went to the doctor, the cardiologist, and went to the first visit. He checked me out, looked looked me up, checked my heart rhythm, you know, did the whole stethoscope thing. And he just told me, he said, man, I don't really see anything wrong with you. You're the healthiest person that ever walked in my office. (laughs) And so I was just sitting there going, doc, I don't want to hear that because that doesn't tell me anything that i'm feeling right now It's said i know how i feel and right now i'm not feeling 100% he goes and he i explained to him word for word you know as much as i can as as much as i can describe what I was feeling. And he's just like, you know what? I'm gonna do this for you. I said, I'm gonna be very thorough with you and I'm going to put you in a series of tests. You know, there might be about five or six different tests that we can do. And then he says, if nothing comes up and you've already done all the necessary things, I said, I will help you find what it is. I said, I'll promise you that. I said, thank you. I appreciate that, you know? Because I also went to a hormone specialist and they checked all my levels. I checked my thyroid. Uh, checked my liver enzymes, checked my testosterone levels, all of those things have been checked. And they're actually great. And when I say great, they're way above normal than people my age and even the people that are younger than me. So my levels are optimal. Uh, So I'm not taking any other medication outside of just supplements. So one of the things that, uh, that was uneasy with me is the fact that the doctor himself said, I don't see anything wrong with you. That felt... To me, I felt like I didn't get the answer that I want. But I have to worry about this trip now. I have this trip that I need to go to and plan on going there. So I said... I'm not going to worry about it, God. I said, if you're in charge of my life, you know, I just prayed. I, I went to my truck after the appointment. I said, Lord, thank you, God, for healing me for whatever it is that's ailing me. And I said, and I believe that you've already healed me. Even though I was still feeling it, I was believing in faith that God has already healed me. But at the same time, I was like, I didn't get the answer. And I, and all I have was this unsureness of what might what it might be. So I went ahead and I said, Lord, I said, if even if you choose not to heal me, I I don't know why I said that. I said, even if you choose not to heal me, I said, I know that you will reveal it. So that's that was the end of my prayer. I said, but I just want to thank you for healing me and for revealing it, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I went home. I told my wife what happened. She goes, oh, great. I said. Now we can plan for our trip, you know, we're ready for it. We packed and here we are. We've already scheduled for September 18th. So four days after my appointment, we were getting ready to leave. And according to our itinerary, the flight was supposed to go to Madrid in Spain. That's the first stopover. And from there, it was just going to be a pass through. It was only going to be like just a layover, and then we we're going to go straight to our next flight. Um, I think there was about an hour layover to the until our next flight, and then we we're going to go straight to Greece. After that, we we're going to take the next flight into Greece. So I said, "Great, this is a, you know this is a good schedule." But the night of, so it was a nighttime. I like to fly at night. I don't know some people like to fly in the daytime. I like to fly at night for some reason. I feel more comfortable at night. Um, I guess there's a little bit less, you know, chaos at nighttime. So I like to do the red-eye flights, you know. I like to do that late-night flights. So we we chose the latest flight as we can. I think it was like around 9.30. We were all packed. We left for DFW. We got picked up. And then when we got there, our flight has been delayed on our way there. And actually, the flight got delayed three times. So by the time we left DFW, it was almost 2 o'clock in the morning. It was oh, the next day. Now, that delay caused a two-day delay on all of our itinerary, because now when we get to Spain, Mm -hmm. our flight may be delayed as well. So it's no longer that one-hour flight. So they were pushing all the flights back. So this affected now our hotel stay. We have a a driver that was going to pick us up in Greece. We now have to contact them to let them know that we're not going to be there at the given timeframe because our flight has been delayed. We said, okay, we boarded the plane. We left for, for Madrid, and we you know, 10 hours later, it was it was a long flight with 10 hours later, we got to, we got to Madrid and it was, remember their time zone is different. So they're the next day for us. So we got, we arrived there like on the 19th, which is almost nighttime for them. We left here at 2am in the morning uh, on the 19th, we ended up getting there on like almost 7pm Madrid time. Right. Wow. So we got there and, uh, you know, I was there checking, checking out. And then we got to the, to the uh, to the front desk of the airlines, and they said, "Sir, you know we're going to have to put you at a hotel." I said, "Okay, great. When is our flight?" He goes, "It's not until tomorrow at 10 a.m." I uh-huh. said, "Wow. Now, like I said, we're two day delay, right? We have a two day delay now. So 10 a.m. It's going to take another couple of hours from Madrid to Greece. So I said, "Okay." Great. In order for us to get to the hotel, we have to exit the airport and then go across the street and get into a terminal, and then go and take the bus into the given hotel. And so, when we were when we were doing that, um, you know, w- when we were checking out, we were going through the airport, and as we exit, we were like, okay, you know, this should be a, a breeze. Let's get to the other terminal. And, you know, my wife and I went out together. We were getting ready to exit the airport. And then the person who was looking at at the passport looked at my passport and he says, no entrada, meaning you cannot enter. And I said, I'm not trying to enter, I'm trying to exit. What he means was, I can't enter Spain. I said, for some reason, He's, he's looking at me going, where are your documents? And I said, I have my document. I have my card. I have my li- driver's license. I have my passport. Now, I've always used my uh, Philippine passport when I travel. That's one thing. But normally, I have all my documentations. I have my resident card. I have my driver's license. I have my you know birth certificate. I have my wife's and I marriage certificate. So I have all of those certificates. It wasn't like you know I, I travel with no documents. But somehow, he said, no, no, you need a visa. And I said, what do you mean I need a visa? Now, mind you, my daughter and her husband already passed through this immigration right and here we are we're still we're still there it wouldn't let us pass through needless to say is that they held me at the airport and during that time at the airport they held me in their airport jail cell this is basically their holding tank and for those who don't know the only reason why you would be held in an airport jail by the immigration office is if you are trying to enter illegally or if you are trying to bring illegal items into the country right Those are the only two reasons why they would hold you. So you would go through in front of a judge, just like if you were to go to court, you know, you will be arrested. You know, you can be handcuffed just as well. You're basically getting arrested. So I got held, and you can say arrested, in in Madrid, in Spain. And so my wife and my daughter were all panicking. They don't know what's happening here. And I was being taken to the back. Uh, They took all my luggage. They took all my documents. They took my passport. They took everything. You know, so here I am. In the back, and we don't know what's going to happen. And I told my wife, I said, I'll try to find a, find a way to get a hold of you. Uh, thank God that there was a telephone there. And so just to kind of make the story shorter, I, when I was held into the airport jail cell, you know, I was sitting there very uneasy about it because here I am in my mind, I'm going, God. You know that we planned this vacation for so long. You know, I know that you're going to perform a miracle on my behalf, and you know this is going to be all a mistake, right? And and the the gates of this of this place is going to open up like Paul and Silas in in the jail cell in Macedonia, but. And I was thinking like in my mind, I was like, Lord, I said, I, I know that something's going to happen here. Miraculous. You know, that was that was my thought in my head. It wasn't the fact that I was in the jail cell being held. I was just trying to find comfort and peace from God saying, God, I know that you're with me. I know that you didn't abandon me. I know you never left me. And so I was in there. And as I was sitting there. Uh, There was a lot of people that was in that cell at the same time. There was probably 30 people there. Majority of them are from South America, Latin American countries. There's a few from Nicaragua, Paraguay. uh, And then the biggest one was Colombia. And a lot of them were held, like I said, they were there because they were there illegally. (laughs) That's one. And then the other part of that is they were they found drugs in them. And so they were they were there because of illegal items. So I don't know the character of the people that was in that cell. I just know that there was people there and they're looking at me like a brand new person, you know, like a rookie being in, inducted into uh the police force, you know, like I'm about to get beat up, right? But somehow I just found peace in there. Again, I prayed, you know, I always pray, but I said, Lord, I said you will be my protector here, you will send my angels here. Um, So whatever purpose I have here, Lord God, and I don't know why I said it again, Father God, reveal it to me. I just need to know what my purpose is here. But so I said that prayer in that cell. So I was standing there. I was sitting there actually. They were getting ready to feed us dinner. And then somehow this man hes from Colombia. He started speaking to me in English. Majority of them does not speak English. Majority of them have very limited English. They mostly speak Spanish. I have very limited Spanish, so I cannot necessarily conversate with people. But I can understand enough to where I know what they're saying. And then I can probably like say a few words that can communicate back. But somehow this man knows English very well. And he started speaking to me and he told. He says, hey, why don't you go stay back here with me in this uh, room where there was not a lot of people. And I was kind of worried because first, I don't know this guy. And second, I don't know why he wants me to stay in this room. What if he somehow has a bad intent, right? That was in my mind, in the, but in the back of my mind, I was like, Lord God, I know you'll protect me. So yes, let's just follow along. So I went to the room with this guy and we were sitting down and we were talking and he said he too got held by mistake because he was supposed to be in there for a conference and he was telling me about this conference and he said, I was here for a conference, my wife and I, but somehow they held me and they wouldn't let me through. He goes, I'm from the UK, you know, I'm originally from Colombia, but I reside in the UK and I have my my passport, but they wouldn't let me pass. And so I said, Why? wow, that's amazing. So we were talking and this guy walked in and he was a black man. And I wanted to make sure that everyone is aware of that. He was a black man, but he's from Africa. He's from Senegal. And he walked in and peeped inside the room and he said, hello, just very quietly. He said, hello. And we're like, Hi. Hi. How are you? You know, another man who speaks English. Right. And so he started speaking and I can see that he can actually speak English very well. And he just had a smile on his face and he says, hi, you know, do you guys mind if I join you? And we're like, you know, no, not at all. And we're sitting there and we were talking. And before you know it, I was witnessing to this man and he was telling me about his experience. By the way, he's a Muslim from Senegal and he was talking about God. But as we know, God in reference there is Allah versus God in our reference of the Bible. But anyways, you know, so the man that was across from me, he started speaking and he said, I want to tell you guys a long time ago. This was the man from Colombia. He said, I want to tell you guys a long time ago. I was a very bad man. I was like, oh, no, this is not good. I was like, I hope this guy doesn't come up with a with a knife and started stabbing both of us but he was like I was a very bad man and then he goes until I met this man Jesus and he changed my life and he said when he said he was a very bad man in Colombia he said I was a bad man like that meant like he he could be involved in the drug trade maybe even a soldier of the drug lord but he said I was very high up there and I was a very bad man he said but I met this man Jesus and he changed my life he says now I've been a minister of Christ and spreading the gospel and he said I was actually supposed to go to a conference and that conference going to have 5,000 people in the, and I was one of the speakers and they wouldn't let him pass. And then here we are in a room with a man from Africa and I was talking to him first and he said, I can see that you're already witnessing to our brother here from Senegal. He goes, so I'm going to go to the next room and I'm going to witness to the other people there in Spanish. And I was like, what is just going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were just sitting there talking and All of a sudden it turned from just a simple hello to just talking about Christ, talking about God. And so I was talking to this man from Senegal and we were discussing his, his life and he said that he tried to go to another country through somehow illegal or legally I don't know but he said he tried this seven times and seven times he's been deported and he said that but he goes but I have faith in God he kept saying I have faith in God that he will make a way for me because I am pursuing something better because I'm doing this for my family I want to give them a good life there is no life in Africa I need to have a better life so I I know that God will make a way because God always provides to those who are pursuing for better so in that sense since, I said I told him I said I said man I have never met a man with a faith like yours I was so I was so amazed by his faith because here he is he's done this seven times and he's been deported he's been in this same situation seven times before in different countries and he he said he goes when I heard you speak English I said I said I need to speak to that guy and he said something about the peace that was on on him that I want to I want to talk to him and so I said I said, what do you mean? He goes, man, he goes, I just want to tell you that my dream is to go to America. And I've done this so many times. I'm 42 years old. I'm running out of time. I need to get to America. I need to bring my family. I want to have a better life. And he said, but I know that God's going to make a way. And we talked for for several hours. And he told me towards the end of the day, I was there probably for over 24 hours. But the next day he told me, he said, man, he goes, "The, the night that you came to the jail cell, he goes, that was my my seventh day there I was almost there I think no he said he said I was he was there for about 10 days he goes seven days into his journey he said him and his friend was traveling together and his friend got deported back to Senegal and he said that he wanted to leave with his friend but they wouldn't let him leave with his friend. so he was there for been in jail for in in Madrid stuck there for 10 days and he said and I heard your voice and I said I need to speak to this to this man because somehow he said he was contemplating suicide because of the fact that he first he doesn't want to go home because he goes if he goes home people will find out that he got deported and he said it would bring shame to his family and second of that is that he just almost gave up in life because he said man i've tried and i've tried and i've tried and i kept getting deported so he said i thought about killing myself here in in spain and instead of going home and facing my wife i said i would rather kill myself and then he said i heard you talk you and that man over there from colombia were talking and i heard you talking about god and he said so I walked inside and they said, there was a peace that came over me. And they said, and I stopped thinking about committing suicide. and said, and all I want to know, is, and all I want to do is just talk to you. I said, wow. I said, man, I just, I just said, Lord, I said, thank you, God, for bringing your presence into this man's life. That now that he, you know, instead of taking his own life, that he now can look and have hope for himself. And so just to cut the short story short, me and this, this guy became good friends. We speak all the time. He calls me from Senegal through WhatsApp and I talked to him. And the first time I landed back in DFW, he called me. He said, brother, he calls me brother now. And he said, brother, hey guys man, I'm so glad to hear your voice. And we've been talking that way for a long time. And so just last Friday, Jim, you would not believe this. One day I got a call and it it was called from a, a number which is the United States, Usually, I usually get spam calls, so I normally ignore those calls. Um, by the way, at this time, for some reason, it says, answer this phone call. When I picked it up, it was this man, is this guy from Senegal that I met in Madrid. He is now in New York City. He has made it to the United States.
0: Praise God. That's yes. great. Yes, that and great.
1: all that was because of the hope that was brought into that jail cell. And I was like, man, this is not, this is like Acts chapter 16 reenacted all over again. And I was thinking, I was saying, Lord God, I thank you, Lord, for using this opportunity to use me to give hope for this man. And now that he's here, you know, moving his life in a mighty way. Right. And so that's just the story that I wanted to tell you that happened to me from last year, which is just part of the story, by the way, Jim. And, you know, I want to just share that with you. And I, and I hope that provided people hope as well that anything is possible if you have faith in God. And I just saw this in life with another guy who's not even a acclaimed Christian. He's a Muslim. Right. But either way his faith you can hear it in his voice you can see it in his pursuit and it was so amazing to hear this man talk and now mm-hmm. i was so excited to talk to him knowing for the fact that one day he told me he goes brother and this is when I, when before we left madrid he goes brother one day we will see each other again and i pray i pray to god that we will see each other in the united states and i will come to you and i will hug you and i said <laughs> as we're now just few states away you know so you're, you're isn't yeah. that amazing Jim?
0: it, it is amazing and it, it, i i as I was listening to your, your story, and I, I knew the basic story because you had shared that with me sometime back, but I was thinking, this is like Paul traveling around the Mediterranean world, <laughs> never knowing what's going to come next, you know, but God just opens doors here yonder and there for him, you know, I'm thinking, God, Thomas is like a, a modern day Paul moving around the Mediterranean, you know. Let's let's, that, let's close let's
1: it up with a prayer, Jim. I want to close this that. up with a prayer, if you don't mind. Ben, let's go yeah, ahead. And that'd
0: be great. Okay. Lord God, thank you for this uh, time today with Thomas and me and the Spirit of God directing and all of our listeners out there who you have brought to this point, to this hour. And Lord, thank you for Thomas, for our friendship, for the brotherhood that binds us together in Christ. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for everything that was shared today by him and by me as the Spirit of God led us. And thank you for opening the ears of the people who heard the podcast today and or or maybe had were able to view it but the main thing is the message that you put in our hearts and minds to share and so we ask you that you would bear fruit from this lord that you would uh, give grace to those who have heard and that it would become powerful in their lives and would lead them into the steps that you guide them to take thank you again for the time today lord and especially for saving Thomas out of what could have been a very desperate situation in Madrid. So we ask you, Lord, just to continue to be with us, guide us, and be with those who hear, Lord, for Christ's sake. Amen.
1: Amen. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And again, for the next time, we're going to talk a little bit more about that trip to Greece that never happened. So again, (laughs) signing off. Thank you. See you, guys. Thank you for listening to Project Mankind. We hope that you enjoyed today's topic. To learn more about Project Mankind, Make sure to follow us on social media at Project underscore Mankind. To be a guest or have any questions about any of our topics, you can email us at askprojectmankind at gmail.com. And before you go, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't ever miss a new episode. It's time to break free of those generational curses. Claim your freedom and use the authority God has given you and learn to lead like a lion and reign like our king.